0: I don't see any sort of sense of things are not quite right in the world. Where can I speak about that? How can I create something that will address that? I don't get that sense. You know? Right. And maybe it's because we're too affluent,
1: yes. ultimately. Don't you get the feeling that something has to crack, not because you want it to crack or because you want bad things to happen, but because we've become too complacent? Absolutely. We sit here waiting you're listening to The Sill Podcast, Perspectives on Art and Technology with Peter Noce and Harry Posner. Episode 78 New Year, New Self I Resolve
2: Yourself. Yourself.
1: you must understand the whole of life not just one little part of it that is why you must read that is why you must look at the skies that is why you must sing and dance and write poems and suffer and understand for all that is life well, that's the end of
0: the podcast, folks. That's all we wanted to say today. <laughs> no, but seriously. Yeah, seriously. Uh, it's a great quote from a wise spiritual teacher who passed away around 1990. Mm-hmm. His name was Jiddu Krishnamurti. Right. And he was discovered by the theosophists and groomed to be the world teacher. But he took his own path. He became his own self and jettisoned the whole idea of being a guru or a world teacher or anything mm. like that. And proceeded for the next 60 years to spread the same message, which is basically, you are your own guru. It's up to you to learn, to be, and to understand what it means to be alive in the world. No guru can do it for you, no priest, no system, no authority, nada. Mike
1: Myers really understood that.
0: Mike Myers? (laughs) (laughs)
1: I'm curious now. What did Mike Meyer say? He did the movie about the guru.
0: Oh, that's right. (laughs) The love guru. (laughs) It was hilarious. This is the first podcast of the new year, so we're a bit lighthearted about it. And we're looking kind of ahead, but not so much specifically to try to predict what the future will bring. Mm -hmm. Just that we know the future will bring big changes, as it always does in the next year bring changes in politics, in economics, in culture. All kinds of things are going to go down, which are large movements. We're individuals, we're little selves in a big, giant maelstrom Mm -hmm. of change, energy. And these large movements of energy cannot help but affect who we are as individuals and how we see the world. Mm -hmm. So this podcast, we're going to talk about what it is that you need to do to find your true self in the midst of all of these changes that are going to come at us. Mm -hmm. So, for example, you deal in technology Mm -hmm. big time, right? Yeah. And one of the biggest influences on our lives around the world will continue to be technology, it can only grow. So the question is, how can we as individual people, as selves, as persons, kind of withstand that onslaught, keep our humanity intact, and grow into who we really are as
1: individuals? In terms of how you begin change, change has to come at the individual level, that's my belief. and Mm -hmm. So the changing of self is instrumental to begin to deal with these changes. So first thing you have to do is you have to acknowledge that you have some position in that and that you also have some power in that despite your infinitesimal size to the big picture. Yeah, but
0: how do you sort of fight against the usual impulse to kind of cocoon yourself, defend yourself, and stay the same Mm -hmm. even more in the face of these things and to not change? Because change is danger.
1: Change is uncertain. Sure. Well, for me, the first thing I would uh, try to do is not take a defensive posture. I would look at myself as being part of the change that I want to occur. So Be uh, the change you want to be. I guess, yeah. That's a coin, a cliche phrase. Right? So I look at it as, yes, you can look at it as an onslaught, which in itself, the word onslaught already puts you kind of on a defensive in the sense that you're already anticipating this avalanche, as opposed to just accepting that something is coming and then... Asking yourself what you can do for yourself in order to be able to better deal with that. Mm. And then that ripples out. My attitude toward it would not be, I'm in the inferior position and they're attacking me, therefore I've got to defend. Because if you do that right away, your whole viewpoint and attitude changes because you respond differently when you're retreating. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So for me, it's right. more its more of a, let's get in sync with what's happening. So the first thing is acknowledge that it's there and don't deny that these things are actually happening, which sometimes people do. Then mm-hmm. for me, it's mm-hmm. about educating yourself as much as you can and feeling good about yourself because it's very, very difficult to make decisions right. that are constructive when you're A, running scared, B, feeling overwhelmed, and so on. I'm not saying that I have the answer or I know what the answer is to that. I'm just talking in terms of how I want to position myself to begin dealing with it. Well, that's an interesting
0: approach. It's safe in the sense that, A, I'm going to educate myself, I'm going to prepare myself, I'm not going to treat it as some overwhelming thing, and kind of gradually absorb and work with the change and be my own self in the process. And then there are other ways of approaching that too, which is that to make a real change, you take a risk. Elon mm-hmm. Musk smoked dope yep. on a podcast, I think it was Joe Rogan's podcast. Yep. He's tweeting some angry comments about uh, the media, etc. Mm-hmm. He had to step down or he chose to step down under pressure as CEO. But here's a guy who remains true to himself Mm -hmm. by taking risks, by putting himself out there and risking the fire that could come at him from society. And he's gotten heavy criticism in the last year or so.
1: Right. But what do you notice, though, is a common denominator for a lot of these so-called risk takers? Generally, they feel fairly certain about their position. They're pretty passionate about what they do. They're convinced. Yeah. From the average person's perspective, it's highly risky because they may not share their belief system. And so they'd be primarily concerned with the response of society at large, the unacceptance, the dislike. Whereas I think individuals like Elon Musk, and again, I'm speculating because I don't know him, I'm not in his head, but I suspect that part of it is driven by his passion and his belief. Yeah. Like a Steve Jobs or an Einstein. We could name any number of people, people who really believe based on their experience and what they're learning. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It doesn't necessarily mean that they're right all the time. No. Part of taking a risk
0: right. is that you could be terribly wrong. Exactly. And I would say that, We learn more from our mistakes than we do from our successes. I I certainly do. A lot of people would probably agree with that, who have done a lot of this stuff. I also think of, this is a strange example maybe, but I think of someone like Mother Teresa, Mm -hmm. (laughs) wherever she is now in heaven, and how her dedication to this notion of compassion Mm -hmm. for all human beings dominated her life. And in a sense, turned her into a saint. Yeah. And talk about risk every day, going into the world of people who have cholera and leprosy and all of these horrible illnesses and poverty, putting herself at risk physically, mm-hmm. day by day by day, because of her compassion. See, to me, that's a real example of someone true to themselves. Yes. Who follows their heart, mm-hmm. who takes chances. And is an example as a
1: result of that. Mm, What she exudes to you in terms of knowing self and the depth of it, because in comparison to the average person, there's enough things that you mentioned there that would scare them off from even attempting to do what she does. I couldn't go there. To her, the opposite would be worse. Mm -hmm. What will I experience if I don't follow this? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what a lot of people don't get when they see individuals like this. Yeah, People don't ask themselves that question enough. In the face of what
0: we may see in the next year, there may be times Mm -hmm. when we're called upon as individuals, as cultures, to stand up and speak out,
1: even though it may be uh, frowned upon, uh, and be our true selves in that way. I think we're going through that right now. I think people who are putting their hopes in governments and institutions to get us out of the current situation that we are in with the whole populist movement, and, mm-hmm, and so on. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's going to resolve the problem. I think the problem will be resolved by individuals who will take chances and who will step outside the box. Mm-hmm. Because I think that's what it takes. Because you have to understand that the people who are running things are also like you and I, only they have more money, more power, but they too are driven by their fears. Yeah, sure. We live in a fear-driven society.
0: Yeah, and consequently the result of that is that we toe the line. We become quote-unquote well-adjusted. And here's a great quote by Krishnamurti who said, it is no measure of health to be well-adjusted to a profoundly sick society. Right, that's a heavy statement. It's another Krishnamurti quote. And it's so appropriate that this whole idea of being well-adjusted is looked upon as some ideal. Well, maybe we don't need to be well-adjusted. Maybe we need we, to be always kind of questioning everything. But
1: even if you go to the well-adjusted, who determines the definition of well-adjusted? Well,
0: well there's something called, quote-unquote, community standards. Who invented that, I wonder?
1: But I think community standards, I think if you traveled in different communities, you would get different standards. Well, it's that's not, what I mean. Right?
0: Who's determining the community standard within those communities? Is it some sort of, mystical majority are these things voted upon well no they're not typically
1: right i think in any system ultimately the prevailing thought or the prevailing actions tend to dominate and create the standard right so for example a lot of people would say right now well no way look at what we've got happening no but you are supporting that in one way or another whether it's by not voting Mm -hmm. uh, whether it's by well it doesn't affect me. The others will make sure that this works out. You're either involved in it or you're not. Either way, you're making a choice, right? right. Risk takers, essentially what they say is, that's nice that you have those standards. But guess what? What I want to achieve or what I think, it can't be guided by those standards because it doesn't work. Yeah. Here's another example of
0: of someone who was true to self back in the uh, 1980s mm. when I knew him. His name was Crad Calodney. He's okay. passed away now. And he was a writer Mm. who was formerly an investment analyst. That's interesting. You know, he made some money. Mm -hmm. He gave that up because he wanted to live the life of a writer. And he ended up struggling mightily financially. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And he ended up selling his books on the street, uh, Young Street in Toronto, with the sign hanging around his neck saying stuff like, Scummy Canadian Literature. And he'd have his book <laughs> yeah. there hanging around his neck yeah. and people would come up and buy his book for two bucks. Oh, yeah? And okay. he did that for a good decade on the streets of Toronto, summer and winter.
1: Do you have any idea how he did with sales? Just out of curiosity. He, he managed to keep a roof over his
0: head, okay. but not a lot more than that. Yeah. And he basically got very, very curmudgeonly. Towards the end and kind of had a hate on for the people who passed yeah. by and wouldn't even wouldn't even acknowledge that this man was on the street with literature in his hand and et cetera. Mm-hmm. Anyway, not always, right? It's not always glory and success that comes with being your true self. But he did what he had to do. hmm Another individual I would cite as being someone true to themselves in a very wonderful way is Terence McKenna. Mm-hmm passed away in 1999 we have a clip of him actually that was part of this podcast
1: box box so what's your story
2: a global society is coming into being a global society made out of information that was not intended to be ours but which is ours through the mistaken invention and distribution of small computers the printing press all of this stuff information is power and information has been spilled by the clumsy handling of the cybernetic revolution by the dominator culture in so that it is everywhere never has the situation been more fluid never have uh the opportunities for infiltration, insurrection, and hell-raising been more present at hand, but we have to seize the opportunity. If we continue as we have, then, you know, we're doomed. And the judgment of some higher power on that will be they didn't even struggle.
0: Box Box. Okay, so here's another example. I was talking to a friend today before coming here, and I said, what do you think is going to be the big technological deal in the new year coming, Mm. in this new year? And he said, 5G. It's the 5G. The wireless. Wireless, where there's going to be small satellites and towers dotting the landscape all over the place Mm -hmm. so that everything will be connected, and there's never a time when you'll be out of service range, et cetera, et cetera. And he was saying that there are studies that show that whatever it is, the electromagnetic radiation coming from these things can actually affect one's health. Sure. And so imagine now that these things are now dotting the whole landscape of your life. Mm -hmm. How are you as an individual going to be able to stand up And do anything about this, say anything about this, if it's already
1: there, given to you, in your midst. That's a tough call, but there are individuals who will, (laughs) I know this is going to sound kooky, but they'll run to the mountains. Well, that's what I was going to say, that one option is to run away from it. Let me rephrase that. Not run to the mountains like a scared bunny. Choosing. To go to the mountains. <laughs> because, like an
0: arrogant bunny.
1: No, because A bunny you, who knows because, what he wants. Because you want to adopt a, a different way of living. Okay, so you're a
0: bunny that runs away from the problem to live in a different uh, environment. But that doesn't solve the problem. That's uh, for right. For the people it, who are in that community. It doesn't.
1: But what do you do when you're faced with a problem that you cannot move or change? You have to do something. To me, it's the depth of which you feel that matters. Some people will only cross so many lines. They go, well, I'll do this, but then my family won't like me. My friends will. Yes. Sometimes there is no kind of soft way. It's a commitment. You have to be willing. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm to accept that it's not going to be accepted.
0: Okay, so have you got an example, say, from your own
1: life experience, where that happened? Part of it I'm living. I put myself in a situation where it cost me a great deal financially to pursue something which I wanted to pursue, even to the point where it didn't go over very well with most of the people I know. But those are the people that have said something. I know there's a lot of people that don't say anything. Who think, boy, he he was nuts doing that. Yeah, well, not was nuts. He, he still is nuts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It may be, but to me, there's a certain point. I, I'm honest with myself, but there's always the questions because you're facing a lot of resistance. And resistance doesn't have to be in your face. It comes in many different ways. Mm-hmm. Uh, you mm-hmm. experience it because... When you're trying to do something that only a few people are on board with, it tends to limit the possibilities within the system that we live in. Mm -hmm. So, for example, money is a reality in our society, which if you live in an urban center and you live in a certain way, it's a necessity. Now, if you choose to get rid of that and go and live on a Caribbean island and build Boats, on a beach. Mm -hmm. Sell bananas. Sell bananas and know that you'll never own a home or have two cars or whatever. It's doable. Maybe I'm being too vague about it. Not an easy topic to discuss in in two or three minutes.
0: No, but you have. You took a leap.
1: You took a leap. I'm still taking a leap. And you're still in the leap. I'm still in the leap, yeah. yeah. I know I have a lot of things going against it, but I also know that I feel better. I feel like I'm being myself. Exactly. Feeling And therefore, I find myself, I was always a fairly kind person anyway, but I'm even kinder now. Mm -hmm. I even see other points of view with a more open mind because I know what it takes, to some degree, to go against the grain. Yeah, I mean, in order to make any sort of leap like the one you did
0: and are doing... And I'll give you an example of what I've done in that way in my Mm. life, too. But in order to do that, you have to do something that, again, I'm going back to Krishnamurti a lot here, because I was really kind of tuning into him recently again. But he's talked about how to really be in the world, you need to jettison the idea of authority. Right. Whether it's external authority in the form of priests or politicians or whoever, experts, so-called experts, Mm -hmm. gurus... And also, your internal authority, Mm -hmm. which is based upon, well, my past experience says, Mm -hmm. I learned doing this, this, this in the past, that this is how life is, that that's an authority too, that you have to jettison that authority.
1: Sure. And before you go on, there's one thing I want to add to what I was saying. First of all, I don't think that what I'm doing is that big a leap because there's a lot of people that take much larger leaps. Oh, sure. Of course. I have to also acknowledge that I live with people who've also, in some ways, helped make that possible, even if it's been a tug of war. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so my fundamental belief is also that deep down, I believe in short-term pain for long-term gain. Right. Um, and that's really the way I see this. So the people who are more fearful than I am, they tend to focus more on the short-term losses, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. the immediacy. Because you feel that right away, especially if you're with a group of friends or you've had social connections all your life that have all been in the same line. And suddenly somebody steps out of that. Mm -hmm. There are a lot of changes that occur. But then I always ask myself, when I get up in the morning, how do I feel? Mm -hmm. Am I desirous to continue my day or do I want to go back under the covers? If I have even a moment where I want to go back under the covers, I say something is not right here. Unless I'm ill or hurting so that's how I measure. Right. As simplistic right. as that sounds.
0: Yeah, that's a good way to measure. A good way to measure. My kind of example of a, a leap, well, there's several, but one that was kind of the major leap was really in university when I determined that I probably would not be a career type individual, where I would not be in one job sector. Mm -hmm. My entire working life and ended up really being a freelancer and going where my heart said go, learning photography and becoming a photographer, Mm -hmm. going into acting and learning about voice and stage presence and all of that, going into film and then studying martial arts and just sort of moving where I felt was important to move to. Now, that's not short-term pain, that's long-term pain because I've (laughs) never actually... (laughs) had money uh, to burn, like a lot of people do.
1: Yes. However, I will say, and I've had a similar pattern, okay? Maybe not in the same fields, but similar. I've done a lot of different things and continue to. I'm a little bit more focused now than I've ever been, but I've had that history too. Yeah. But the one thing I will say about what you just expressed, because again, you brought it back down to money, which is largely how we measure uh, Mm -hmm. success in our society. Yeah. Not totally, but in large measure. You're also willing to have less of things in order to pursue those things that you described. You've never alluded yourself to believing that doing what you're doing, that you're going to own a 4,000-square-foot home, have three cars, and Mm -hmm. travel three times a year. In many ways, you've accepted your lot. Yes, of course. Right? So that's a very important distinction. I know even people listening to this podcast would probably say, well, easy for you to say that. You just do what you want while your partners or your family members support you or yeah, yeah. et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And I, to that, I would say, yes, there's truth to that. But I, in turn, am going to give them more in ways they don't even recognize because I'd be a miserable son of a bee. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> in which case, you'd have other kinds of suffering. Right. So it depends on what the trade off is. Yeah.
0: I also think that a person who wants to kind of be true to themselves needs to look at the things they take for granted. And that includes. Absolutely. How they speak, in how they talk, mm-hmm. language. If I tend to say, for example, with all due respect, Peter, I think you're an idiot. Right. With all due respect, madame, I really think that you're fat. Certain yeah. of turns of phrase that I may use mm-hmm. that are tired or presumptuous mm-hmm. or really are arrogant or whatever, to be aware of how I speak in the world. I remember sure. the expression uh, uh, killing two birds. With one one stone. stone. And I kept thinking about it going, that's a violent, horrible thought. (laughs) And I use that expression a lot. Sure. And I changed it to feeding two birds with one seed, which basically is the same thing.
1: I have to tell you that when you did mention the two birds with one stone, the image I used to get as a young kid hearing that phrase was the velocity of the stone. Okay. To knock off two birds.
0: (laughs) Amazing. Which is is. even more violent. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) But then you think about that, and it doesn't take a lot to consider that and go, you know what, I'll say that differently. I won't say that expression. I'll do something different. Sure. And if you express yourself differently in the world in terms of your language, it reflects back into who you are as a being. Absolutely. And you begin to change that way.
1: I would say that even this podcast we do Mm -hmm. is a way of retraining our thoughts in terms of the way we communicate. Absolutely.
0: The point of speaking out is not to change other people's minds, Mm -hmm. but to reinforce my own understanding of the way things are and to grow through that and to be in the world and to engage
1: the world through my expression, right? Do you not see some of these things happening?
0: You know what? I go to a Starbucks and I sit and I have my coffee mm-hmm. and I talk to my friend and I watch the people coming in and out of the shop. And I don't see any sort of sense of things are not quite right in the world. Where can I speak about that? How can I create something that will address that? I don't get that sense. you know. Right. And maybe it's because we're too affluent, yes. ultimately.
1: Don't you get the feeling that Something has to crack, not because you want it to crack or because you want bad things to happen, but because we've become too complacent.
0: Absolutely. We sit here waiting over our lattes. We're yeah. kind of in a waiting mood because someone else will do it. That's the whole thing about mm-hmm. authority. Some authority mm-hmm. will see that there's a problem here mm-hmm. and they'll tackle it.
1: Yeah. There's not enough emphasis on personal responsibility. No. No. That's
0: it. And I think that has to change and the individual has to be a bit more courageous in themselves and decide to really be
1: in the world for a change. Mm -hmm. The part I would like to emphasize is stand by your beliefs without feeling that you have to crush everything around you in order to attain it.
0: Yeah, right. Yeah. If you're not confident enough in who you are, then you start to lash out.
1: Yeah. And right? when you lash out, it kind of defeats the purpose of yeah, the, right. the self-development. Exactly. Because that's exactly what you don't want to do, is you want to get to the point where you're not lashing out, but you are clear yeah. and confident, and you exude and exemplify the behavior that you would like to be around. Be the change you want to see. So, Harry, do you think this podcast has helped you become more of yourself or not? Yeah, in a way, because every topic that we explore,
0: right. it forces me back into my own belief systems about that topic exactly. and, and t- trying to kind of loosen them up and explore them a bit mm-hmm. and uh, not take anything for granted. Right. So,
1: and in some ways, it almost makes you accountable for your words. Absolutely. Because
0: I'm not taking them back. They're being recorded digitally. And that's it, folks. Forever and ever. Amen. On well, that note, ciao, Harry. All right. Ciao, ciao.
2: Whatever you do, do, do la, la.
1: The Sill Podcast. Perspectives on art and technology is a Connecting Dots Media production. Available at thesillpodcast.com Spread the cell, uh,
2: Spread, the cell, uh, spread